Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, back on the show, executive director of Rebellion Pack, fresh from vacation, and Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub, still on the show, three weeks in a row, uh, hopefully refreshed from being in Atlanta, but question, oh, refreshed maybe from seeing Taylor Swift, which we should talk about later in the show, Um, but we have a delightful, uh, spicy rocket for you this week. We're going to be talking about some uh, new old bills being brought before Senate that have filled everyone online with so much dread. Um, and also, wry amusement, but mostly dread. Um, and then we're going to be returning to the topic of Blue Sky, because while Christina and I were able to provide our first impressions of it last week... We did not get Brianna's take on it. And then immediately after we like didn't, well, after we stopped recording, the platform got uh, deranged in the best yes. of ways. So we're going to talk about, I guess, the, the evolution, <laughs> the very quick evolution of what happened on Blue Sky last week, which if you listen to the show and you're like, that sounds fine. And then you saw people talking about like butts and health threads and you were like, that doesn't sound like what Christina and Simone <laughs> talked about. Don't worry. We'll get there. Uh, and then for dessert, we're going to be talking about the trailer for the Gran Turismo yes. movie. Yes. Uh, one of the top video game movie trailers that I've seen in my life. I hope you all agree. If you are a premium subscriber, a boosty who has gone to relay.fm slash membership, you are going to get, along with your ad-free version of the show, a bonus segment where we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which apparently comes out in theaters on Friday. Does anyone know about this? Has anyone heard about this thing? I mean, yeah. I've heard about it, but... Uh, yeah, huh. a, fr- a, fr- a, fr- a friend of mine's involved in a publicity campaign for it. There, uh, there's 600 versions of it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Well, good for them. <laughs> All right, so that's what you have to look forward to. And again, if you're interested in hearing that bonus content, and bonus content every week of the most uh, deranged and uh, special <laughs> variety... Go to relay.fm slash membership. You support the show directly, uh, and that's really cool. But first, we must start with the serious, uh, the vegetables, or perhaps the meat and potatoes question mark of our meal this week. A ghost of our past has returned to us. The Kids Online Safety Act, or COSA, which was proposed in 2022 by Senators Blumenthal and Blackburn, uh, is back in a revised version, now with the support of 26 Senators, a double-digit number that I hate, uh, in the name of protecting the children from the online. Like I mentioned, it was first proposed last year. Uh, But according to Tector, the new text of the bill has not assuaged concerns that uh, free speech advocates have about it, notably uh, concerning censorship and the privacy and rights of people, especially young people, online. Uh, COSA is a bill that is all about protecting minors from accessing information that could cause them harm, quote unquote, with big, big air quotes around that, which we will get into later, uh, what exactly that means or doesn't mean. Uh, But preventing harm from being caused to children is a goal that would inevitably result in the need to age verify anyone using an online platform, no matter what lawmakers (laughs) seem to believe is is possible about the ways that that could be done uh, with uh, keeping privacy intact. Uh, That's another big question mark. Uh, I would also open minors up to parental supervision in their online lives, uh, something which when I like say it out loud or write it on paper seems fine, but is also, as with many things, way more complicated than it initially appears. Um, The law would require platforms to have a duty of care towards their users, uh, meaning that much like with the uh, with section. Oh, God, is it 30? Remind me of the number. 230. 230. Section 230. um, Platforms could be exposed to like liability for lawsuits should something happen to minors that could be tied to the platform. And I'm not just talking about the like terrible case, like the kidnapping of the the young boy who was groomed on Discord and Twitter recently uh, and was recovered safely, but potentially things that are more... Things like developing an eating disorder and where that information was accessed or uh, 
and people dying by suicide, uh, these could be incidents that could that could open platforms to liability for lawsuits. Um, In the latter two cases, the passage of this bill could result in helpful information about suicide prevention or eating disorders being taken down because leaving it up could expose a platform to that liability. Um, Regarding age verification, this is something that has come up in the news actually materially recently. We can look to a new bill that was passed in Utah uh, restricting access to pornography. That went into effect actually today, May 3rd, and Pornhub has accordingly blocked all Utah IP addresses. Uh, That's the bizarre outcome of Senate Bill 287, which was proposed by Senators Todd Weiler and Susan Pulsifer, which is a really cool name uh, Mm -hmm. for a person who's proposed a bad bill. And to be clear, this is a state Senate bill, just just because there's 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 the Senate bill and this is the state, the Utah State Senate. This is a state Senate bill uh, just affecting Utah for now, although there are some other bills I'll talk about in a second. But um, the reason that this connects to COSA is because this this bill was essentially about age verification as a means of like protecting minors from seeing pornography, which because of the vague way in which it is meant to be enforced means that Pornhub is like, no, <laughs> like we're not we're not dealing with this. We're not looking at your government IDs and we don't know we, we don't want to be involved with this. People in Utah can no longer see pornography. Um, as Tector writes, uh, the bill, much like a similar one in Louisiana, uh, grants a new tort for any publisher or distributor of material harmful to minors, quote unquote, that could force civil action by private citizens. So, um, and, uh, by, by not age gating said content and requiring a digitized ID verification of the user, which is where we get into privacy. So long intro aside, um, some state bills that are have been passed slash being proposed, and then one uh, federal bill that is before the Senate and gaining support. Uh, it was able to be stricken down last year, but it's back again. So let's talk about why. I mean, obviously, we we can come right out and say I think we're all kind this of is bad. We, yeah. we all hate this. Very we all bad. hate this. And that's the end of my intro. I'm done talking now. <laughs> Brianna, would you like to say something? You know, Christina, I know you love it when I lose my faith that government can do things. I know it brings <laughs> joy to your heart. Um, you know, I am of the opinion that it is certainly possible to write smart legislation about things. But I think to touch anything around this, because I I do think there are questions to be asked around uh, the way the internet affects children online. I do think there are questions that, that are worth asking. But you have to put this particular piece of legislation in the wider context of the people who are passing it. And in my estimation, these are people that are not serious about governing they are not serious about really thinking about balancing free speech with, um, you know, um, basically basic governance. Um, I, I think they fundamentally lack credibility. I think if you look at the discussion about this and the intention of it, I think it's very clearly part of this wider culture war uh, that is making all of us actively stupider. And in mm-hmm. particularly one... Um, you know, going after LGBT people. Um, yeah, I think that there is a political party in this country that has become obsessed with the idea that uh, children could be growing up trans. And I think there's a real push to crack down on any kind of um, of culture where kids can connect with each other. And I think this is an extension of that. So um, obviously a very, very poor bill. Um, I don't think any of us support it. Um, I don't think the people that wrote it seem to understand the the key issues at play. I don't think they're serious about balancing, um, you know, a, a good governance here. And it's incredibly depressing to see our uh, democracy weaponized uh, to basically silence political speech. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Uh, I, I personally find both the federal bill and especially the state bills completely unconstitutional. Putting aside, you're, you're right, Brie, like these these bills definitely seem to have a tenor of, of targeting certain types of, of users and maybe certain types of kids. But even putting that aspect of it aside, I think even if you just look at the aspect of saying, OK, we want to protect, you know, teenage girls from developing eating disorders or we want to uh, prevent people from talking about uh, suicide or whatnot. 
that's these bills won't stop that. As as, as mm-hmm. Techdirt pointed out, what's happened before when we've tried to you know ban these things is that kids just come up with their own language and they find ways around these things. So the culture, like it, we saw this on Tumblr when Tumblr, uh, this was ten years ago when they were banning. Uh, and Instagram too, when they were banning certain um, keywords and phrases and, and certain stuff, it didn't actually cut down on any of the the conversation at all. It just moved more insular, and it's a game of whack a mole. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, mean, I this think is that the origin of the like phrase "pro Anna," right? Exactly. Rather yeah. Than precisely. Saying anorexia. Yeah. Those things are not going away. They were there before the internet. The internet has certainly made it easier and has maybe made some things more problematic. I won't deny that. And and I do agree that there are some things we should probably look at in terms of asking questions about the impact that social media has and the internet has on people's health and well-being. Um, that said, even if there was a causative uh, correlation between those things and negative things, I'm going to be honest, we're the United States of America. I'm not really sure that that means that we um, pass laws to prevent potential things from happening. Uh, cigarettes are legal. Alcohol is legal. People are allowed to um, enlist in the military. Uh, the draft is actually still technically illegal. Marijuana is legal in um, more and more states. So uh, there are plenty of bad things that people can do to themselves. And so mm-hmm. even if we were to say that there's like a complete like one-to-one like prove like causative value of if, if you do these things, this thing will happen, we're the United States of America. That's not how this country works. You might not like that, but that's how this that's not how this country works. But I want to move on to the the state bills because these are the ones that really really bother yeah. me. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, a um a lot of people I, I I'm 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 a little bit upset that the narrative around Pornhub has not been more critical because on the one hand what they're doing with the Utah bill is a stunt, which is fine and I'm fine with them blocking access to people in Utah. Um, and, and if they didn't want to, you know, um, thumb their nose at the bill, that would be fine. I, I, I get it. Although I would like to see a company with the the amount of money that we know that MindGeek has um, <laughs> basically say, this is unconstitutional. We will see you in court. But yeah. the thing that bothers me more about that is that um, because what, what Pornhub is actually pushing for is that they want a, a similar situation like what is in Louisiana. And what's in Louisiana strikes me as one of the most like draconian and frankly like uh, problematic things, and this already exists, is that there is a state-run wallet where you register your ID and then websites inter- interact with that wallet and you get like a code that basically says, yes, you are this age and you can access this content. And websites, including Pornhub, have agreed to this. They claim that it's private, that people that information's not shared. I don't trust anyone on the government to audit a service that would do this, let alone build one. So mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm, information mm-hmm. and all the porn websites that you get access to are most certainly in a database somewhere, probably in an Amazon S3 bucket that is not properly secured. So great job with that. But beyond that, like, how is this constitutional? I don't understand this. Like, to be basically be able to say we will demand private information about people and we will also um, prohibit speech by allowing people to access certain content unless they they sign up with the government like what are you talking about like this to me is this is like just absolutely mind-boggling insane uh it's the same sort of thing they're trying to do with TikTok and mm-hmm. the the fact that that companies are agreeing to even part of this is incredibly troubling to me because if you give them an inch they will take a mile and that is how we will get very 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 bad legislation turned into law yeah. yeah, I think you've raised a really good point, which is the question of like, technically, how would this be implemented? And one of the aspects of COSA is that, well, okay, we we can contract a third party to create a system that would allow us to age verify everyone. And they've said something vague about, you know, the question's been asked like, well, but if you're an adult, you shouldn't have to need to do that. Like, but so then how do you decide which platforms are need to have age verification and they're saying, oh, well, ju- it's just the ones where like minors are likely to be, where it seems like minors will be. Which that, is my, everywhere. That's, it's everywhere. A, it's everywhere. B, as you pointed out, having who whatever third party, quote unquote, is responsible for this has a ridiculously huge responsibility and a huge amount of power and a huge amount of access to information that we should not be handing over in the first place. It's ridiculous. And it's not the government's business. I shouldn't have to show my government ID. No. 
to no, watch. No, it would, it would be <laughs> to like log onto Tumblr because like it's not even about Pornhub. Period. It's about right. like, logging onto Tumblr, logging onto freaking Blue Sky, logging onto Facebook. Well, it, and it, it's it absurd. Be, it, would, it would be like if the government had a log of every book you'd ever checked out of a library yeah. tied to your social security number, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, you know, or every book you ever purchased, even with cash. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, like right to privacy is is a part of the Constitution. I don't understand how this is even how how anybody on either par- on either side of the aisle who claims to be a quote unquote patriot can and look that at something is exactly like this. What they're like celebrating is that yeah. oh, this is a bill that has a huge amount of bipartisan support. Yay! In this divided age. Finally, bipartisan support. Bree, do you have any thoughts about, I guess, the the technical side and the the safety and building of some kind of age verification system? Big question mark. Well, it's mostly about the legal liability. And, mm. you know, I think, uh, I hope our listeners will understand, talking about politics is uh, really inevitable with this. So what you saw with, um, you know, my home state is the reason we lost abortion access in this country. And what you saw before that was a real assault uh, with basically liability. Um, And and they tried to expand liability for things in a real effort to crutch, basically cut down on um, actions that they didn't like. Uh, So very specifically, when it came to abortion access, they started to say, um, you know, you need to be X class of medical facility with like these mm-hmm. really specialized doctors there that made it prohibitively expensive to prohibit service, right? So, you know, liability in the wrong hands can really be weaponized to make it so expensive to do business that it's easiest to just not do anything. It can also be selectively targeted by prosecutors. Right. Mm. Um, And I think overall, if you look at the direction, um, particularly the state governments are going, I don't think that you should have faith that these laws won't be weaponized in a cynically political way here. So Mm -hmm. um, I think it's tremendously disturbing. Christina, I realize when you say anti-American, those are very strong words, but I really agree with you here. Um, I was on a panel uh, just a few days ago, and I was talking to some people that weren't Americans, and they started, you know, talking about how the, like, our ideas of free speech were seemed really extreme to them. And mm-hmm. I understand where they're coming from, but it is just a reality here in this country. We do have a very uh, a much more expansive view of speech than other societies do, and to a certain extent, that is what makes us us. Um, I am of the opinion that private corporations, you know, when it comes to hate speech and Nazis on platforms, I'm an advocate for them stepping in and cleaning that mess up. But I think if you're talking about what children can access online at a fundamental level, I I really agree with your assessment. I think that Mm -hmm. is beyond un-American. Well said. Well, I'm sure, uh, I guess I would say... Bree, as a person who has worked in politics, do you have any advice for our listeners if they are also concerned about this and would like to say, question, should we be reaching out to our legislators? Like, what what is the next step, I guess, It's a great question. You need to, especially the Democratic legislators, you need to call them and you need to threaten them just to be really blunt with you. Yeah, let them know you supported them. Let them know you voted for them. Lie if you have to. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, just make it really clear. Like, just not that you're not going to vote. It's that you're not going to, um, you're not going to donate money. And you're going to tell your friends not to vote for them. Tell them you expect better. Um, people may not know this, but every single time you call your congressperson, Um, there's a constituent services database that they have to answer. And any constituent services office worth a damn is going to track those phone calls. If you write a letter particularly, they absolutely must write you a response back. So the squeaky wheel gets the grease here. Don't be shy about telling them you do not support this. I don't think it's an overstatement to say democracy itself is on the line. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, services, and even the content that you create. Squarespace has got you covered. 
With Squarespace, for example, you can get blogging. They've got powerful blogging tools so that you can share stories, photos, videos, and updates on your life and your work. You'll be able to categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. You can also stand out in any inbox with Squarespace email campaigns. Encourage your visitors to sign up as email subscribers and start them on the journey to becoming loyal customers. Just start with an email template and customize it by applying your brand ingredients like site colors, your logo, plus built-in analytics measure the impact of every send. Speaking of those analytics, you can use insights to grow your business. If you've ever wondered, hey, where are these site visits coming from? Who is buying my stuff? How or how, which advertising channels are the most effective for me? Where are the people coming from? You can analyze all of that in Squarespace. Once you've got that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content so that you're not just taking over your beautiful custom-built Squarespace website. You're taking over the entire internet. Uh, I really enjoy working with Squarespace. I do find the tools like super intuitive and fun to play with. And truly, they have so many options for like kinds of websites you can build. I was able to make a beautiful online store to showcase books, uh, book covers and all the relevant information that you might like about the book book from the blurb uh, to like sale links where people could buy it. And then that could exist alongside a blog where like extra content from those books lived or like uh, in progress behind the scenes posts or uh, cut content, exciting things like that. So that's just one example of how you can use the Squarespace website. I'm sure that you can think of a thousand more. Head to squarespace.com slash rocket for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch that website, use the offer code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That is squarespace.com slash rocket. And then when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for us here at Rocket. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Last week here on the show, we talked about the users flocking to Blue Sky, uh, the new Twitter competing a federated social media app what the general culture was like there, and Christina and Mai's thoughts about the future of the platform. Well, that was last week, but this week we have A, Brianna back on the show. She's on Blue Sky. She's been there. And conveniently, over the weekend, Blue Sky absolutely blew the F up uh, with its first, among many things, platform-melting, user-generated sort of chaos machine, an influx of the funniest people on the internet, and circumstances that made Jake Tapper say the word skeet on cable news. (laughs) We won. We won. We won. (laughs) Gang, we won. We're back. We're so back. We're so back. Uh, so to start, I, I, I wanted to start by talking a little bit about Brianna's first impressions of the platform since we didn't get to do that last week. And then I'm going to throw to Christina so that we can go through a, a timeline of such pressing issues like what is a health thread? Mm-hmm. What is the general vibe of what's happening on Blue Sky, mm-hmm. uh, which compared to last week? Like last week, it was it was quiet and cool. Uh, it was Mastodon. Kind of- it, it was Normie Mastodon. It was Normie Mastodon, yeah, and then almost fair. immediately became, like, the hot nightclub that you can't get into, uh, where, like, a stand-up routine is going that is uh, unhinged. So, we'll, but we'll start with you, Brie. I would love to hear just how how, you're, how you found your initial time on the platform, especially compared to Twitter, uh, where you've been active for uh, a million years. So, so, I swear to God, this is my thought. My friend gave me a code of it, and I was like, oh, I've never heard of this. So I'm going to join. And I go to myself, finally, I'm going to beat Christina to being on a social media network for once. Huh. Log in. Nope. Look for is already there. <laughs> God, <laughs> God damn it, Christina. She's skeeting. What do you do? Do you just camp out outside every people, people okay, I got in, I got invited like March 8th. I looked I looked it up. I don't know. I think people just know that I am one of those I think like it was March 9th. Let me double check. I'm that. like I'm like one of those early adopters. I'm just one of those people who you know, you're yeah. omniscient okay. and you're there. Well, congratulations. 
so uh, I joined, I was on vacation. I saw some things and I look at it, I'm like, okay, this is relatively you know, deeply along. Um, I hope it takes off. Probably not going to. Turned it off, stopped thinking about it. Uh, then it got really, really <laughs> spicy and everybody started using it. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously I was there, I started getting invite codes for people, everybody's back channeling, asking me for one. And I started like logging in and looking at who was joining. And I'm like, this is all the people I actually like on Twitter, right? It's all of my favorite people. It's the power users, right? So I'm like, wait a minute, this thing could actually start taking off. And I start tweeting there in earnest. And it was skeeting. like, a, yeah, skeeting. Sorry, We're posting even. Want to be, want to be clear. Just um, representing Jay here. hundred percent, hundred percent. So it was a really good experience. Y'all probably covered this last week. So I want to be really clear about this. I think we're in the honeymoon period. Mm -hmm. I have no faith in this particular vision of moderation, mostly because of the same reason that app.net failed. For app.net, there was no fund to actually pay for people to develop clients for it. And because of that, no one could ever get enough market share and all of them failed, right? Then they ended up desperately trying to pay people at the end. For this, it is a federated vision of moderation where basically communities are going to label their own content, but there's no way to pay for that. So instead of having one trust and safety team, you're going to have people trying to moderate all of Blue Sky on their own I don't think this is going to work. Maybe yeah. I will be wrong. I don't know, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I'm praying to God it takes off and somehow is not worse than Twitter. Yeah, that is well said. Um, and do actually, agree we agree with that. How do how do y'all feel? We didn't really get into the moderation last week. Um, yeah, we were thinking more about I think like friendless migration across mm-hmm. federated platforms. Um, but yeah, you're right that that is a challenge that I don't I wouldn't even know how to begin to solve. Christine, it sounds like you have something to say. I do. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you. I think that it's going to be difficult. I do have to say that I like the theory of compostable moderation. Um, and, and I do like the idea of being able to kind of at, at an instance level, because right now there is only one server. And so right. Blue Sky is doing the moderating. But I do like the idea of being able to say as an individual, I will want these sorts of algorithms you know, to to um, control my 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 what's hot um, page, or or maybe uh, clients could even show more customized things. And I like the idea of me as an individual being able to have um, different levels of of what types of moderation and what sorts of rule sets I would want to apply or not apply. I do mm-hmm. agree with you that if no one's paying for this, then then you do have a, a risk of um, uh, chaos happening and, and and of bad things happening. I do I do wonder, especially because we've already seen and, and we should note right now, it's like sixty thousand people. It is really small. It is invite only. Yeah, it is it feels really small. small. This is uh I, I haven't skeeted this yet, and, and the term has skeeting has become the new thing. I think we talked about it last week. We were like, they're <laughs> trying to make it happen. And it's not going to happen. No, it happened, and 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 yeah. this is this is where we are now. When we um, talked about it last week, you didn't tell me that skeeting was an abbreviation of sky tweeting, which is the funniest and dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Go on. <laughs> yeah, it is. Sure, we're going to say that it's the abbreviation of sky tweeting. That's what we're going to say. Um, no no one look up That's Urban Dictionary. I, I thought that was canon. Or, 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 or listen to oh, we, Little oh, John. Yes, yes, yes. Fair right. enough. Go on. Right. So <laughs> I haven't skied it yet, but I'm going to. I think that actually the most similar thing about Blue Sky and Twitter so far is uh, the um, like disproportionate amount of attention that the network gets uh, uh, compared to its relative size. Like Twitter was always yeah. the smallest mm-hmm. of the major social networks, but got a disproportionate amount of attention. Blue Sky is 60,000 people and has had write-ups in the New York Times, Financial Times. Uh, I don't think the Wall Street Journal yet. Wired has had multiple pieces, um, you know, like basically every tech publication. Again, I, I, I can't say this enough. The Financial Times wrote about it today. Jake Tapper, yeah. uh, you know, has 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 been on it and, and has mentioned skeeting on the air. So mm-hmm. it, that is the most Twitter-like thing about this is that it is a very small social network that is getting a disproportionate amount of it, of attention compared to other things, can, which, can I which say is interesting. Something about that super quickly, yeah. though, because I agree with you. But 
after seeing what happened with NPR, right, and I know that's not in the rundown today, but like there's been some troubling stuff in the way that Twitter's treated NPR. Sure. I think we would all agree. Totally. It, it makes sense to me that Jake Tapper, someone who... He's he's even stood up for Fox News, like publicly, right? That Mm -hmm. he would be actively looking to not promote, but give another social media site a, a, a shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And, and, and I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying, I think it's interesting. I'm not criticizing this. I'm, I just sure. think it's interesting. And I think it's because of the people that the platform is cultivated. This is an invite-only platform. Right. And the people that joined, especially started to join at the end of last week, after Simone and I talked about it, you started to see the traditional blue checks get on board and traditional blue checks of which Bree and, and Simone and um, I are all part, you know, we love nothing more than to have a circle jerk about ourselves and talk about yep. um, how uh, about our own things and, and have a meta narrative about ourselves. But but it is interesting that it's this small thing that is having, I think, a real cultural moment. And I, I went back and I read something that I wrote about Twitter seven and a half years ago oh, uh, about a, a Kanye West meltdown. And I said, this is proves why, why Twitter matters. And my point then was that Twitter mm. was, was I think, I think the quote that I put in was still, even Kanye deleting his tweets is indicative of just how unique and special Twitter can be. If you didn't watch Kanye's rant in real time, you missed out. And if you miss, and you missed out on a moment that blew up beyond Twitter and into the wider culture, this is Twitter's real value. Twitter needs more Kanye West moments. That ended up not being true, but go with me here. It needs it needs a, a, it needs to be actually true. Yeah. It needs to be a place people have to be, even if it's just to witness a pop culture train wreck. Kanye West is the perfect type of celebrity for Twitter because he will go off the cuff, drive us all crazy, and then delete it all. You have to be watching. You have to be engaged. You have to be active. Yeah. And that is that was always the power of Twitter. And so far, I think that that has been the power of Blue Sky. Since we last spoke, it is it is recaptured yeah. that moment. Um, when it comes to the moderation thing, I don't know. I think some of the ideas are interesting. We'll see what happens. The last thing I was going to say is I do think there could be an interesting business model here, right? Where you could conceivably have some servers that people could pay for, where they could conceivably hire staff. Like there's nothing that would that would be against that in the charter. Like if 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 you wanted to have a celebrity server and make it like Soho House <laughs> and make it oh safe God. and protect you know, the, the, those people from, 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 from the nips and the butts the and the other stuff. The riot of blue sky. The riot of blue sky. Absolutely. So can I say something about that? Cause yeah. I, I agree with you on that. I think, so you were talking earlier about how you don't, you think it's a, an interesting design philosophy and I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I've been brought out at this point. I added it up. It was 14 different social media startups to kind of consult on it, on their trust and safety stuff, um, you know, especially around harassment policy, right? And it it feels like there's a standard toolbox of things that we've tried. Like everybody wants to use large language models because it's super cheap, right? We know for a fact that doesn't work. I do agree with you. This hasn't been tried and it could work. And... I'm interested in it for that reason. Like, uh, you know, most people I know on the left uh, use Block Party. Right. I hate Block Party. I will yeah, never it, use a Block Party. It's, it's way, it's way too, in my opinion, in my experience, it, it is, it is aggressive. way too. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, beyond aggressive, and I want that control. So, I agree with you that I would love to have that kind of granular control. The question to me really is the the model, because I don't see a way to scale these operations without a lot of money. Now, I personally would be delighted to pay $8 a month if I could have my own, like a, a trust and safety team that truly reflected the policies that I believed in, right? I would very happily pay for that. But both of y'all are in news. Right. And you know how tough it has historically been to get people to pay for a product, sure. even one they highly value yep. when they're used to it being free. And you know, short of a funding model, I, I I don't see a way forward. I mean, am I wrong on that? I don't know. I mean, I think that it would depend on how you packaged it. Like one of the interesting things that we didn't talk about last week, um, I, I don't think, but one of the, we might have a little bit, but like the fact is, is that you can with your DNS records, um, with, with the with the TXT entry files on on your DNS on, for a website, you can basically 
create your handle. So I could be filmgirl.social or christina.wtf or theranos.online or you could be briannawu.com or, or, or whatever the case may be. I think that there could be a model and I'm just I'm just like spitballing here because I don't know and and uh, this is all new and the, the, the uh, protocol isn't even done yet. But you could conceive of an idea where someone's saying, okay, I'm going to pay a certain amount of money to have someone register and ma- manage all that stuff for me the same way I pay for a domain name or a website or something else. And then, you know, encompassed within that would be a set of policies and, and um, you know, moderated uh, trust and safety sort of stuff too. I, I, I don't know if that would scale uh, really large, but it might work for a subset of people. And, and I think that you might have more success selling it packaged that way than saying, I need you to pay for a subscription so that I can get this, if that makes any right. sense. Like I'm yeah. paying for a website and then I'm also, and, and and they're, you know, they're doing the concierge taking care of all this other stuff for me. I don't sort know. Of like a social media butler. Kind of. Um, yeah, we definitely will. The moderation question, I mean, because obviously like this is a website that only just managed to implement blocking this weekend. Yeah, this is it's very much uh, under construction. And on that note, I would love to throw to you, Christina, to yes. say what what is the hell thread and what exactly happened? Because we we recorded on Wednesday or mm-hmm. Thursday, very early on Thursday last very week, early I believe. Thursday. And I think almost immediately like that evening, things started kind of blowing up on Blue Sky. So yep. what happened? You were at a Taylor Swift concert. I was at the Bridgerton experience. We missed the whole thing. But I know that you know because you have the connections. We, we we missed the health thread, which which happened Friday. So just for a little bit of, of, of backup, this is this is what I I, I skied this on you Thursday, and I said, remember six weeks ago when no one was here, and then this weekend when it was normal core techies. I'm including myself in this. And Monday when Black Twitter started to get invited, and then Wednesday when the ish posters joined, and now it's Thursday and it's beautiful. Damn. Well. So that was that was Thursday at like seven o'clock p.m. And then I go to the airport, and then it gets even more crazy. And and I have to credit uh, a lot of this uh, to uh, to my protege uh, Kylie Robinson from Fortune Magazine because Kylie uh, invited uh, she well her, uh, she and her mom had a, had a bunch of invites, and Aww. they invited um, a bunch of people. And Kylie invited um, our uh, patient zero um, uh, troll um, ish stir uh, Juniper. Uh, Kylie also invited AOC and, um, and, and then Juniper immediately asked AOC for, for her thoughts on 9-11, which was beautiful <sighs> and, and fantastic. And it made me go, oh my God, that's when I was like, that's when I sat up and I went, oh, okay. So this got fun now because this is, this is some Tumblr like chaos. This is not mm-hmm. what you, before it was it's, everybody it's talking It's been about- described as PVP. Yeah, uh, and it is. <laughs> it is. Well, because it was one of those things where like it was it went from being everybody talking about how nice Blue Sky was and how great it was to be away from Twitter to then just like drill joined. I got Darth. I invited Darth. That was my contribution. Darth um, joined because of me. Like we started seeing some really big Twitter accounts. And then uh, Juniper, somebody figured out that there was no uh, limit to the number of people that can be in a thread and that can be like at replied because it doesn't count against your character count and you can't see all the people you're replying to. And so Kylie responded to uh, a thread that that Juniper had created and then that wound up breaking the whole system and creating what was known as a hell thread where every single person who was in that thread and, and they basically added everyone on the site, yep. notifications would get broken and then you couldn't get out of the health thread unless you muted the thread. And mutes weren't working yet. Uh, they, they'd been implemented, but they weren't working in the app yet. And so you'd basically mm-hmm. have to, like, delete the, the the post to get out of it. And it broke everyone's, um, you know, notifications. And, and everybody was kind of stuck in it. And so I got out of the Taylor Swift concert on Friday night. And, and this had been after I'd been, quite frankly, mainlining Blue Sky for the last, like, 48 hours. And I was like, what did I miss? And then I got added to the health thread and I was like, oh my God. Okay. Well, I have to go to bed. <laughs> and and you have the CEO of the company. And I have to say, the whole staff, they're a small team. They're like eight or ten people. They've been very transparent. They've been very funny. They've been very good about engaging with the community on every level in a way that frankly I'm like, okay, they are like they are citizens of the app. Like it's really nice when you see people who are building the app actually use the app. That's not yep. always mm-hmm. the case. Uh, I, I think actually for a long time at Twitter, a lot of the people who were involved in that, including Jack Dorsey, did not use the app. 
And it's mm. really nice to see people using it, be part of it. But yeah, so so that was the hell thread. And then what happened is there is a What's Hot page, which was just what? by their own admission, a this. really, really, really dumb algorithm that was basically like, if your post got more than seven likes, it could show it's up a in small What's Hot. Community. <laughs> right. And and they knew it. And they and, and they knew it. Like it was something they just basically did to like YOLO. They were like, look, this is just to have something here. This is a placeholder. They were not expecting yeah. The number, they, the numbers to grow the way that they grew last week. They were expecting that it was going to continue the slow and steady pace, and it didn't. And then what happened is we started getting actual like celebrities and like politicians joining people like AOC, and people realized even though there are um, nudity filters that have actually built into the platform, which are really good and and lets you kind of say I want to hide everything that is this way, or I want to show, or I want to warn. You can do the same thing for impersonation, for for violence and gore, for other stuff. Um, People realized that, uh, you know, there was nothing preventing people who were posting their nudes to show up in what's hot. And so everyone started posting their nudes in what's <laughs> hot. And so that God was really America. fun. Yeah, that was really can, fun. Can I, I tell a quick story about yeah, this? Yeah, absolutely. Eric did this. <laughs> so my friend Merrick is a sex worker. I love her. She's punished mother on Twitter. She's great. She's uh, like, like, yeah, <laughs> the girl. Literally posted a picture. It's like, whoops, I didn't crop this great. There's my vagina. Whoopsie. And then it just started snuggle trending. No! On the page. And then she took that picture and then posted it in the What's Hot on Twitter and made <gasps> so much money because it went oh my so God, viral on Twitter from there. And it's like, you know what? I. I respect the hustle. I respect the hustle. Good job. Yeah. I, I, I respect the hustle. I could have done personally with seeing like less hole yeah. um on, on, on my feed. So Fair. I um so I I I skeeted something on Sunday. I was like, God. hey, and this is before they changed the algorithm to like not include nudity on what's hot, which then of course people got mad about. They're like, how dare you do this? And they're like, look. We want new people to come in and not like necessarily be exposed to things they didn't sign up for. And also we don't want people who are putting stuff out there to be exposing it to people who like they might not want to see it. Like I think that's we want our app to be available in Utah. Totally. I think that's a very valid (laughs) thing. Sorry, you were making a good point. But before they did that, like I just sent out a skeet and I was just like, hey, I was like, if if you if 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 you're down with like the 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 nips and the butts, but you you just, you know, you don't want to see it on your timeline. You know, you can adjust your settings. This is how. And that way, you know, the only pussies you'll see are your cats. Like, that's that's fine. <laughs> and um, question mark on if I have to include that. Oh, well, I'm talking about pussy cats here. I'm not talking yes, about anything you are. else. Yes, so you I don't, are. So, so you don't. And to be very clear, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about cats here. If you read anything else into that, that is on you. Um, no, but I was just like, show, I was just explaining how you could like set your settings. And like that, I woke up the next day and that somehow uh, had gone viral. And, and to be clear, viral on blue sky is like 50 Very retweets. Very it's different. like, it's like 50 retweets. It's like nothing. You so make me feel good. And get like 10 retweets. And you're like, and like I'm, I'm you're famous. Like, oh, this is really doing yeah. some numbers. No, exactly. I was going to say, I, I, I got an AOC follow out of that. Right. And, and now I'm just counting down the days until she's like, yeah, I'm not going to follow that anymore. And I'm like, I understand. She hasn't unfollowed me in like four years of Twitter, so you're probably safe. Well, you know, but 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 I'm just saying, but it was just one of those funny things, but that's how small it is. But it was one of those things. So so then we started seeing the nudes. And then today, the most recent update, oh, and then we had the 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 this the fleet of very bad articles written by the by many people in the media who some of them had blue sky accounts, but I watched them. Look, as I said, I've been mainlining this app basically since last week. And I saw the, these writers, many of them were not on the site. And then they're writing about the site as if they're on the site. And I'm like, you're not here. You're not one of us. Like, we we Name all know names. who's part of the culture is and it, who's not. Are their names S? Does it start with an S? Can you say that? One of them does, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, but, but it's just most, I'm not going to say all of them, yeah. but most of the writers from major publications who've been writing about it <laughs> have clearly not been on the site. Um, but then there was this very bad article today from... Um, Wired, who was talking about how um, uh, Blue Sky has a nudes problem. No, they had a nudes problem three days ago. Today is 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 Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, the problem was solved by Monday. So it's like it's not even accurate. Um, this is how quickly these things move. Don't don't write about this stuff. Know your meme has done very good work chronicling the health threat and other like micro things as they happen because that's Know Your Meme's job. 
But uh, so everyone started, you know, um, editing the, the Wired headline. And then for some reason, ALF became a meme because I think furries oh, no. got involved. And so there's been a lot of ALF oh. discourse today. Jake Tapper's been involved in that as well. Um, and, that, and that's where we're at. So, so Blue Sky it's is Tumblr, bizarre. basically, circa 2010, but with like the speed and the um, power users of Twitter. It's a hellscape and I love it. That is such a dangerous concoction of things. So, yeah, it, it has definitely become more exciting for me. I think I, I was pr- I was pretty ambivalent about it last week. Like I had a, a feelings about the f- like form of people following you across federations that I was excited about. But to me, the app didn't feel necessarily like a, an experience that would make me that would make me want to replace Twitter. That hasn't right. necessarily changed, but I am having more fun on it. Um, and I'm following more people. And I think that that's Formula obviously One part there? of it. It's like, I'm seeing, well, what? I don't think they it, are yet. Um, okay. Well, you need to bring I, them over. I got the CEO well, when corporations like, to join. I'm very oh, proud God. of that. CEOs are one thing. I think when like organizations like Formula One as an entity, if Formula One as an entity had a Blue Sky account, I'd be like, this is maybe too far. Like, <laughs> could, 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 could we bring some of the drivers over? Like, could we also bring some, of the, the some of the girlies? In, that would be sick. Speaking of driving, let's move on to our dessert for yes. the day. Yes. Oh, my God. There is a Gran Turismo movie coming out based on the video game Gran Turismo. And if you think that, you know, a lot of video game movies don't mention the game being a game so much. They try to make you believe, no, this is just a world that we're in. We're immersed mm-hmm. in a world. Let me tell you that Neil Blomkamp's <laughs> Gran Turismo movie is not that movie, apparently. The trailer, which came out on Tuesday, uh, is all about, uh, apparently based on a true story, which I'm going to get into, gamers Real gamers who play Gran Turismo being asked to train to drive actual cars in the World Endurance Championship. Why? And one gamer is better than all the other gamers. Uh, and he gets to drive the car. And it's and Orlando Bloom and David Harbour are in it. And David Harbour like, is the gruff you know, I guess ex-driver who's training the gamers and is like putting them through driving boot camp and being like, you're never going to make it in this world. This isn't one of your video games, you couch potatoes. And Orlando Bloom, I don't even know who he's playing, but he's the one who's like, put the gamers in the car. It's going to be a great idea, David Harbour's character. Um, It looks nuts. It looks camp almost, maybe. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's going to be maybe bad. And I'm going to watch the crap out of it um quick note on the true story so the we at polygon wrote a little bit about this it's based quote unquote i don't know how loosely on the real life story of jan martinborough i don't know if actually if that's jan or or jan um i default to jan because why i don't know i don't know uh quote unquote a british professional racing driver whose 12 year career has taken him to 24 hours of Le Mans and the super gt series uh but he started on gran turismo uh, uh academy the ps3 uh competition where he beat more than 90,000 entrants to win a seat in the dubai 24 hour um and did really well and that reminded me as i was reading that information it reminded me that when i watched race of champions earlier this year uh which is like a little it's a it's an annual motorsport event where they do they drive like different kinds of cars in laps on this really cool course there was an esports team and they had they drove like the physical car and they actually did really well i think they made it to the semifinals. so obviously there is like a connection between being able to drive a car in a game and being able to drive one in real life. Um, but the way that they talk about it in this trailer where it's like, he's like, I've driven this course 500 times in the on the PlayStation. <laughs> like, it's perfect. Anyway, I'm so excited. I, I completely mirror your uh, reactions to this, Simone. I, I feel like Ford versus Ferrari it was one of my very favorite films in the last mm-hmm. few years. And Great it film. really proved that by keeping like the narrative on the characters, like it's really filling something the Marvel movie just can't. Um, and this really looks like a continuation of this. For people that don't know, Gran Turismo was the series where they really sat down and said, we're going to make this, quote, the real racing simulator. 
And the mm. reason it took so long to get every one of the games out is because if they're doing a Subaru uh, you know, WRX, they're going to actually bring a WRX into uh, the sound studio, hook up mics up to the engine, record it, and then like actually record all of those sounds. There was very, very painstaking attention to detail. Even things like the power delivery, like um, I actually have a Porsche 718 GTS Cayman, which is in a lot of these games. I've played representations of it in a lot of different games. It's most accurate in Gran Turismo. So you're you're coming at this like how can you tell this story, right? You yeah. can do it where it's like this, uh, you know, spirited. I'm going to be the best, you know, like speed <laughs> yeah. racer story, or you can make it like you're bringing the gamers into it. And I think that's the right way to do it because it's why all of us play Gran Turismo and love Gran Turismo. So I'm so psyched for it. Yeah. Christina, do you have any thoughts? Do you care at all? I mean, I okay, I really liked Ford versus Ferrari. I thought that was a great film. I am going to be honest with you, and I don't have a problem with Neil Blomkamp. Um, uh, I, I liked District 9. I think comparing him to James Mangold is, is not a comparison I'm going to make. So I don't think we're going to see the same quality of film. I'm just going to be honest with you there. Like Ford versus Ferrari, to be clear, was like an Oscar-nominated yes, film, I right? I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I don't think, I think that this could be as entertaining. Right, right. Okay, no. go on. Finish your point. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I mean, on. look, I think it'll be really fun. Um, I'm probably going yeah. to have to go watch it because Grant will be into it. Now, we, um, I mean, I have a PlayStation, but we tend to be an Xbox family, and he is much more of a Forza driver mm, uh, than, yeah. than, than than Gran Turismo. Um, uh, and and I know that's controversial, but no, um, I I agree with that actually. Yeah. So you know, if we were, I I might be more excited personally if this was a Forza game. Uh, but I also, I have to say when I saw the trailer, I was expecting to be like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then I saw it and I was like, my, after I got over the fact that it was Orlando Bloom and I was like, man, does he really like, he hasn't worked in a while as he broke, like what's going on? Like, is this a Nicolas Cage situation? Then I was like, you know what? This might actually be really fun. So, um, I think it will be, I don't think it's to be clear. I don't think it's going to be Oscar nominated. no. No, that's what I'm saying. That, that this is why I wasn't yeah. going to compare it to Ford versus Ferrari, yeah. which was again Oscar-nominated film. Although Neil Blomkamp is an Oscar winner for District Nine, but oh, I, I want to be clear: I'm not saying I think it's going to be Ford versus Ferrari. I'm saying these kinds of racing stories can be really, really good films. So oh, yeah. I'm saying the potential is there for this to be like, yeah, I bought. I, I buy Marvel movies, but like Ford versus Ferrari is a film I've gone back and watched like ten times. Right, so like good. It really, is that good? Christian Bale's yeah. amazing in it. That that whole film is yeah. just really, really stunning. Um, the driving in it is is really good. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I thought I think it looks fun. Um, I hope that uh, I hope that it's a good time. Hey, Super Mario Brothers made a billion has passed the, the billion dollar mark. Um, yeah. Well, you know, Sony. There you go. Ah, well, we are looking forward to this coming out in August. Um, I will go see it. I promise. For real. (laughs) All right, let's talk about what we're doing this week. Brianna, welcome back from your vacation. Thank you. Thank you. What are you up to? Uh, I am trying to organize a huge debate (laughs) between Destiny, the online debate person, who's been banned from Twitch and uh, Jank of the Young Turks. Oh my God. Which has every, um, I think it's going to be a shit show in the best way. So I'm working to put that together. Uh, it's very exciting. I didn't get a chance to do this in the Blue Sky segment, so I want to tell a super quick story do, yeah. about my Twitter this week. So uh, I follow George Conway. We're friends just like, you know, we, he loves Porsches. I love Porsches. Put politics aside when you love things like cars, right? So he DMs me a few days ago, and he's like, hey, I got to tell you, you were a really big reason that this uh, e, uh, that this uh, Gene Carroll lawsuit, basically uh, um, um, suing uh, former President Trump uh, for rape, is happening. And I'm like, really? What's uh. up? And he's like, come on, let's talk. So um, he actually went on MSNBC, which is why I can can talk about this. It's in a segment we'll link in the show notes. But I had a mega viral thread a few years ago 
where I went through every single woman that had accused former President Trump of sexual assault, and it was 26 of them. And that was just when I got bored and closed (laughs) up the thread. And he saw that, and he was like, wow, there's a real pattern here. So uh, long story short, that was why there was representation and why this lawsuit ended up going forward. So, uh, you know, uh, despite all of that, I'm still ready to throw Twitter in the dumpster and hope Blue Sky will take off. Yeah, definitely. I I found his tweet uh, where he talks about finding your thread. I would love to have a link to the the segment if you can find one. Um, Yeah, really also just goes uh, also a lesson i i guess like how long it actually takes to put together big cases like this yeah and how long it takes to see progress on things like that christina what are you up to this week well uh i'm i'm in atlanta for my nephew's birthday um uh, uh listeners and uh people who follow me on the various social networks might be aware that i was at taylor swift over the weekend and it was amazing i took my mom we had the best time in the world it was so good uh, I'm very yeah, much I almost want to forward. ask you what you were up to last week. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that, that's really what it is. Because I mean, I'm, I'm ostensibly here for my nephew's birthday party, but he's two years old. I got him a Taylor Swift little golden book. So, Aww. you know, that that, that that's my that's um, cute. That, that that's my Swifty gift for him. But no, I mean, honestly, it was like one of the best concerts I've ever been to ever. My mom had an amazing time, which made me really happy that I was able to share that with her. She'd been sort of, I think, hesitant in certain ways about like wanting to go or not. And I, I, I spent more money than I was planning on it to get us really good seats. And we were in a, a club section. And then there was like a private club within the club section. Like that was like, like unlimited food and beverage, like including oh like open God. bar and stuff. It was really nice. The seats were really good. The The concert was unbelievable. Everybody was dressed up. Uh, it was so fun. Everybody was screaming. Like I've, I, I've been to, I think this was my fifth or sixth Taylor Swift concert. This was unlike any of the other ones I've ever been to. Uh, if if you do have a way of, of getting um, uh, uh, Eras tour tickets, I cannot recommend it highly enough because it's a great time. You're such a good daughter. Well, I wanted I wanted her. I mean, she even said she was like, this was a once in a lifetime experience. And I was like, yeah, I knew it yeah. would be. And that's why I wanted you to go because, Aww. you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And moms don't splurge on that kind of thing for themselves. Totally. Uh, you know, there's this old saying, Christina. The best time to buy Taylor Swift era's tickets was a year ago. The second best time is right now. (laughs) So good luck to anyone hearing that and thinking, let me look into this Taylor Swift tour that I'm hearing all these good things about. I'm sure you'll have a great time getting tickets. Speaking of getting tickets, what I'm doing this week is going to the Miami Grand Prix. Woo! Yeah, I'm in Miami right now, in case you can't tell by me recording on my travel mic. Um, I've never been to Florida before. I am, I just, I literally, I took a 6 a.m. flight this morning, mm-hmm. so I am tired, but I am happy to be here. It is beautiful. I am legitimately so excited. It's going to be my first F1 Grand Prix, and oh. I uh, am just ready to have the best time in I'm the so world excited for you. and be able Good to report back on how it is. How's your hair doing with the humidity? It's doing okay, actually. I mean, it hasn't, it wasn't terribly humid today, and I have also not washed it yet. So we remain, it, the, the question remains of what's going to happen. However, my friend and I are staying with her sister, and I have been informed that the sister has a Dyson air wrap. <gasps> Wonderful. And I am going to use it I'm, for the yes. first time. We've we've been talking about this device for years. And I, yes. the cheapest person on this show, have never been able to use one before. Oh, my God. I, and I noticed we were, she picked us up from the airport today and we were driving. And I was like, damn, her hair looks really nice. <laughs> and then hours later, I find out that, that I know now I know why. Now I know mm. why. Um it's really so. dependent on the product you use it with. I mean, if you use it without yeah. product, it'll last for a while, but you got to find something really, really good that, that works with your hair. That's really okay. the trick to it. Well, we're just going to have to play it by ear and see what's in that bathroom, baby. Well, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, next week, I'll be reporting back on what the Miami Grand Prix was like. That'll Yay. probably be our booster segment of next week. But this yes. week, 
We are about to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and all of the 600 versions of it, 600 versions of it to enunciate that exist. If you want to have access to bonus segments like this and our previous ones about Taylor Swift and Fernando Alonso dating and also Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn breaking up, but also quickly somebody name a more tech focused and serious booster topic because I know we've done one and I would love to promote something that is not so niche right now. What have we talked um, about? Um, pass. <laughs> pass. Pass. Well, I mean, honestly, it's, listen, it's, it's a lot of chaos. It's a double it's, dessert. We did double, it's a double dessert. dessert. Yeah. It's blue sky, like the podcast. Topics. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, please, please uh, check that out uh, at relay.fm slash membership. And thank you to everyone who listens to the show, and especially those of you who review it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You help other people find the show, and they, maybe they become members. Maybe they simply become fans. Maybe they share our show on social media. And that all of these things go towards helping us uh, stay, like, uh, g- gain profile and listeners and keep making the show. So that's awesome, especially in this age of the recession. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated 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 <laughs>